it's that time of the week, gang. It's time for a brand new episode of Terribly Funny. Hi, how are you? How's your drive? How's your commute? How's falling asleep? I hope it's going great. I'm your friend. I'm your pal, Steve Bazelone. Uh, I'm the host of this show, and this show is, of course, the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. You get the idea. Uh, today we have a great guest. She's a newish friend. Uh, her name is Allie Ward. Uh, she's delightful. She's charming. And the other things I can tell you about her is that she has actual marketable skills. Like she knows shit. Shit about science, about cooking. She can do more than just like pitch the occasional dick joke. So she's, uh, uh, what I'm saying is she's a lot smarter and more interesting than me. And you'll find that out very quickly. Uh, what else can I tell you about Allie? She is on um, every Saturday morning. She's on CBS for Innovation Nation with Mo Rocca. She also is uh, on the Cooking Channel's Unique Sweets. What a f- cool fucking job that that is just getting down with desserts. Um, she's on the Science Channel's How to Build Everything. She also is a co-host of her own podcast, which is called Slumber Party with Allie and Georgia. She also has a new podcast coming out soon uh, uh, called Ologies, and that's on Feral Audio. That's coming out in a month. So, you know, check that shit out. Um, she does a, cool, a bunch of cool shit is what I'm saying. So today she's going to talk to us about fun stuff like fears. Mmm. The things that uh, really terrify us, uh, and more so than just spiders. Uh, first, she's going to talk about some muggings, and then you know some plane rides, and then uh, get into some real shit with uh, family and parents getting older. It's it's a whole it's a whole situation. Uh, we're going to get to that in just one second, but before we do, let me just say, if you like this show. Go to our iTunes page. Give us a rating. Give us a review. That really helps us out. Also, if you really like the show, tell your friends. See if we can grow this audience. That's fun. Uh, and also, you can check us out on social media. Instagram is Terribly Funny Podcast. Uh, that's our Instagram. That's also our Facebook. Uh, our, our Twitter is Terribly underscore funny. And if you want to drop me a line just to say, hey, howdy, how you doing? Uh, love the show. Don't like the show. Whatever. I'm lonely. You can drop me a line at Terribly Funny Podcast at Gmail. Would love to hear from you. Um, and that's it. I'm done. Uh, I'm done hawking my hawking my goods. So let's get to the good stuff, which of course is Ali Ward talking about fears. Uh, theme music, please. Because I feel like I, I want to like, come prepared with like a menu of terrible things. Oh, so this like, this is like I get a poo poo platter. Yeah. The the uh, the app sampler of terribleness. I'm, how? What do you what how? what is really what do you really want to get into? I think. The most terrible. Ooh, all right. Well, not the most terrible. Mm. How about the most scared I've ever been? Sure. Is that good? Do people ever talk? Do people talk to you about how scared um, they've been? Talk about. I mean, there's there's a there's a broad swath of things. I know. Yeah. Do you know the most scared you've ever been? Um. I mm, the first thing that comes to me, the first thing that I think of is like a moment when I was in the hospital, being like, uh, "This is not good. I don't know. I'm in a lot of pain, and my blood, my heart rate was like at 190. It's like this <gasps> feels like not sustainable for long. Oh no, that was kind of scary. But also, you have so many things going on. You know, like I was in such pain that I didn't have time to process it. That was the first thing that comes up. I'm sure there was like more like emotional things that I was probably yeah. really scared by, but that was. But that's the most like physical. Danger. That was the first thing that came up to that popped in my mind. So that's probably top right. ten at least. One ninety. Yeah, I mean, I was that was a sick, sick little pup. Right. Yeah. Um, how was it an infection? Um, this was like a complication from surgeries, and then I had blockage from having my colon removed. And when you stir the guts, things right. happen. There's adhesions that come, and yeah, it was just I wasn't eating. I hadn't I'd eaten for like two weeks, and oh just a bunch God. of shit. I bet you looked so ripped, though. Just like well, shredded. it was like it was shredded in like the like the nineteen. 19- 97 CK1 <laughs> okay. very like Cape Moss where you could see everything nice it was 50 pounds lighter 50 pounds mm-hmm. the fuck yeah How, what, what did you do once you could start eating again what did you what was like I ate all and my body like anytime like someone would be like suggest like oh, a Brussels sprout my body would be like ugh not even me it was just my body like get that the fuck away from me really and then you said like a cheeseburger or lasagna I was like uh huh Give us all the fat. Oh, God. Did yeah. you gain it back quickly and in weird places? Um, no. I mean, when I was actually healthy, it, it just came back. I mean, the first 25 pounds came back very quickly. And yeah. then after that, it was faster. It was slower. Because then it was just muscle I had to put on. Ugh. Oh, that means you have to drink those disgusting shakes. Nah, man. I'm into that. Well, 
Anyways, it doesn't matter. Some of them are good. Some See, again, you're asking me questions. Sorry. And I'm happy to answer them. I like giving... Look, I, I'm a narcissist. That's why I started this. But the point is you. <laughs> oh, no. The most scared you've ever been. The most scared I've ever been... I think the most scared I've ever been... I, I have two instances that were on par. And one of them happened a few months ago. Oh, wow. And one of them happened like a decade ago. Well, that's and good bookends. I'll start with a decade. So you had like a 10-year anniversary. Every 10, every 10 years, it's like, all right, let's break out. Scream came out 10 years ago. Let's be, <laughs> let's be afraid again. No, it was 15 years ago. 15 okay. years ago. So I... That's not a good anniversary. I know. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Sorry. It's fine. Um, so I was walking down Larchmont mm-hmm. 15 years ago. That's scary already. I know. Yeah. Broad daylight. It wasn't nearly as bougie then. How, it, did, you, how did you make it through? I wasn't even on Larchmont. I was on Beverly and route to Larchmont. Oh, so gross. I know. And you were walking? I know. Ugh, what, I, what a plebe. What was I thinking? Yeah. I lived on Irving. I lived down the street. Mm-hmm. So I was just taking a stroll. and I. These are all LA places. These are LA. Look it up. Mm-hmm. Hancock Park. And I had been dating someone who... Um, was like a an aspiring screenwriter but in order to make money like a few times a year he had a nut stand at mm. festivals like does that is there money in nuts there's gobs of money in nuts you're just rolling in cash he'd make he'd pull in like five g's in a weekend what the fuck at a boat show selling roasted nuts and he hated it hated it why is that so bad? That sounds kind of chill. It was because it was not. It was not screenwriting. It well, was sure, not, because you know I mean? anything is that is not exactly what you want to be doing. But if you're making five grand for it's, roasting up some right, nuts, right? And you're doing Nat King Cole. Like, what's so bad about that? What's wrong with this? Yeah. But, so, but he, I lent him some money. He paid me back in like a bunch of sticky fives, and I was on my way to the bank to uh-huh. go deposit it. Sure. And uh, and I. A car pulled over and there were two guys and they were probably going to say something shitty to me because I'd have a vagina or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's enough reason. That's enough. Just that's all like it takes whatever. for me. And they pulled over and then they, they stopped the car and they both got out um, with kitchen knives. Oh no. Like six inch long. Like like the kind of knives that you would cut like a huge loaf of bread with. The ones that do real damage. Real not like Not like a little Swiss army knife no. situation. Like gleaming... Like, definitely stole them from their mom's kitchen, and their mom did not know that they were running around Beverly uh-huh. assaulting. And you saw this immediately, as soon as they get out. They get out, and, but no, my first thought was like, oh, maybe, they, maybe they're lost or something. And then I see, like, the, you know, like, the gleam of the knives, and was like, fuck. And then um, they called me some names. Uh-huh. And, Fun ones? Um, Original no, ones? No, pretty standard. Yeah. Just... Bitchy bitch, bitch. Bitchy yeah. bitch, bitch, like, bitch. That's all you sure. got? Yeah, like, come on. At least be clever. Call me a slob. Call yeah. me a loser. Yeah. All of those things were, prob- were ac- applicable at the time. Dumb walker. <laughs> Dumb. Get a car. Pedestrian. Yeah. And um, so they wanted, my, I, they wanted my wallet, and I was carrying a purse. So I took the purse, um, like a football, and I threw it as far away from my body as I could. Because sure. that's what they wanted. Yeah. So, and then... They went to get it, and then I started running, and then I turned back around, and I memorized their plate, their license oh, wow. plate. I have like a, I had probably a better memory then than I do now, but whatever. And then I ran, but the weirdest thing is, is I couldn't even make a noise. I couldn't even scream when it happened. I like tried to scream, and it was like one of those dreams where you yeah. try to run and your feet don't move. Oh, Jesus. It what was a, like that. disaster. And um, It's horrifying. And no one stopped, and... This is broad daylight. Broad daylight, like Was there o'clock. anybody around? There were cars, vroom, vroom, vroom. But I, I ran like, th- you know, two or three blocks up to Larchmont and there was a guy on the phone, on a pay phone, and I was like, get out of the mall! <laughs> and I called the cops, told them the license plate number. It's like, traveling eastbound, whatever. This is what you get when you have, when yeah. your dad's a reporter, like, sure. it's Toyota Celica, this is a license plate traveling eastbound, whatever. And well, those are helpful skills. I don't know. Were you freaking <laughs> the fuck out? I was shaking a lot. Yeah, I was terrified and pissed and, um, and... It was really weird. I there was it was on Larchmont. You know how there's a yoga place on Larchmont. Yeah, sure, yoga works. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was waiting <clears throat> forever for the cops, like ninety minutes. Like I could have ordered like three pizzas. Mm-hmm. The cops still were not there, and there was. You a wouldn't week. have been able to pay for them though. I wouldn't have been able yeah. to pay for them. I could have panhandled the money enough. Yeah, you could have gotten at least <laughs> to do it twice. 
On Lurch Mart, you'd have gotten money, no sweat. If I had a great sign that was like just mugged 12 minutes ago, like yeah. I could have gotten so many quarters. Mm-hmm. Probably as much as your uh, your your boy's nut stand. I'm right. Yeah. If only I could have. If only I could have roasted some nuts out there. It was the my yeah, idle you, time. You'd been swimming in it. But this woman was like hanging out with me for a while, and then she was like, uh, "Is it okay? My yoga class is starting. Is it cool if I go?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." She lent me her phone. I called my boyfriend at the time. Was like, "I'm out of there." So she's. I'm like, "Yeah, go to yoga." She goes to yoga, and then I was kind of rattled by it. And my boyfriend and I were talking about maybe moving in. Then mm-hmm. we were next day looking at apartments in this neighborhood. And he's like, "I used to live in this house." He's like, "Well." Uh, see if my Naomi, my old landlord, still lives there. I'm knocking the door. Knock on the door. Hi, how's it going? We come in. This is where I used to live. And we're talking for a minute. And I'm standing in the middle of the living room. And I look over and I recognize her bike. And I was like, did you take a yoga class yesterday? And she's like, I did. And I was like, you lent me your phone. Oh, wow. To call this. That's also crazy that you recognize the bike before it the face. It was so weird. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess, you know. The, her bike was more memorable. Sure. Well, that's 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 a bummer to <laughs> she her personality. She had a really colorful bag. Uh-huh. But um, it was weird because it was my it was across the city, but it was so weird. Oh, it wow. was like up in the it was like way up in the Hollywood Hills, and this happened at Larchmont. That's crazy. And it was weird. I was like, you, yeah, I'm the chick that got. It was so odd. It was very weird. And um, but that was the most scared I've ever been. I had to go to court and stuff. And but what? So was it was it just like because I've not been in that I've been in scenarios where like is this gonna be bad and then it's knock on wood has not mm-hmm. um, but was it like immediately instinctual it was like fight or flight did you like did you know consciously I'm just throwing this this will get them away or was it just like blah was it just like vomiting no it was strategic like yeah? it was like so you had were you, did you feel like you were I lifted a car uh... yeah like that did you feel like you like had like like this thing slowed and you were able to process information quicker or you just like that's a great question. Impressed yourself at like at how quickly you thought. <laughs> I think that like you know whenever like something like rolls off a table and you catch it and you're like uh-huh. oh, holy shit like there you go yeah my body worked that's mm-hmm. cool it was kind of like that but I mean I was surprised that my mouth wasn't able to work that's right. what really surprised me is is that I was not able to run air past my vocal cords right. that pissed me off but there was a guy who came up when I was waiting for the cops he came up and he's like oh there you are you know I, I saw it happen I was driving by and. I kept driving for a few blocks and thinking it was a movie. And then I realized that there weren't any cameras. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I came back. But I think in L.A. when you see... Something crazy. Like, ah, like, oh, somebody's shooting a web so, series. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's like... No, this is my nightmare. Bunch. You think it's a web series. It's real. But I mean, I think since then I haven't really been like... It, like, it fucked me up for a while. Like, it was... I... Yeah, what does that do moving forward? Are you, I mean, because that's broad daylight. It's not like... Right. It's not like fucking Batman. Like, I can't go into alleys anymore. Right. My parents... Like, it's like, I... Anywhere in the bougiest of neighborhoods. I, I know. And I I think it... Um, you know, and I, I grew up in the Bay Area. I spent a lot of time in the city. Like, I was super goth growing up. So I went to, like... Nice. The seediest fucking place yeah. ever. Like, stepping over needles to get into clubs. And sure. just didn't think anything of it. And I still don't. Like, I still think it's really rare that... <clears throat> it tends to be really rare that, you know, that you get in a situation like that but I mean you know in LA it's like I guess I shouldn't have been a human being not in a car I don't know <laughs> yeah you're being punished for walking I somewhere I guess like it was a couple blocks but I think your brain is just like um I don't know it's it's weird adrenaline that's the thing about anxiety is anxiety fucks shit up when you don't need it right but when you do need it it gets some things done yeah like you know, if you're, if I drink like a five hour energy drink and have like an anxiety attack while I'm jogging, it's amazing. But if I were to just drink it and sit on the couch, I would no, it's just... terrible. My heart's going to explode <laughs> yeah. and my mind is racing and I feel like a failure. Yeah. I would yeah. start peeling my skin off. But, um, that was the most, yeah, I was like, it was weird. I was kind of fucked up from, from it. Like I had to go, I went to, started going to therapy, but I, I remember. Did you walk anywhere every morning? Or were just like, nope, only cars and scooters for me. I think I, I think I didn't walk alone anymore for a while. But I, I remember being, uh, my boyfriend, you know, at the time, like we were walking at night somewhere, and mm-hmm. I all of a sudden just jumped and screamed, uh, 
because someone was coming out of a doorway at us and I realized it, it wasn't even a person. It was literally my own shadow. Oh boy. Like I, I just... But that makes sense though. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's PTSD in some capacity. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. But I stopped acting after that. Like I had been, I acted when I was in college and, and when I was in LA for the first couple of years, but you know, I'd go out for these auditions where they're like, okay, you're, you're on a cruise ship and you get raped. And it's like, and you know, you're like Tuesday morning and you're like, I'm What so- auditions were you going? You were just like only Law and Order. No, yeah. Only Law and Order. <laughs> you been- were just like auditioning for the cold open of Law and Order all the time. <laughs> like when you're in LA and you're like, or in New York and you're an actress and it's like, they, they need to cast new victims every week. Yeah. So those are the parts. And they're the- always on cruise ships and they're always getting rapey raped. <laughs> and there's like five lines they're like, we need someone who looks rapeable. Yeah. They're like, get someone corn fed. Sure. And so I'd have to go up with these like, gee whiz attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Just a shrug. Let's see your shrug. Mm-hmm. Let's see your defeated shrug. Oh yeah, I'd get it. I, yeah, I would take advantage of that. So I just, I, like, I couldn't, I'd get these calls for these auditions and I was like, Ugh. it's like, your boyfriend is a leader of a drug ring and you know he cheated on you, but he, and it's like, I can't undergo any trauma, oh boy. fictitious or Well, real. when I was auditioning, it was all like, you love this hamburger. Yeah, exactly. And we're like, you're the, you're the, uh, the neighbor who's bad with girls. Right. We were, we were in different arenas. Right. Uh, even but the thing is, is even for a woman in LA having to be like you love a hamburger that's a completely different kind of trauma <laughs> like yeah. that would in LA be like that's true why does she love the hamburger can I just go back to being raped on a carnival cruise <laughs> so I'm awful. vegan this is terrible oh god it was that was that's my worst that's so, my most but scary. that was like was that terrible that's terrible well scary. I mean I think it's interesting I think what is it like it just like gave you perspective of like I can't fucking go in for these auditions it just like it's like trivializing something that was even though in a small I didn't even go through I wasn't on a a cruise at the eating shrimp scampi and then get raped like I was just on a bougie (laughs) street but like it it trivialized all that and you're like I can't fucking do this yeah I could I mean I grew up like a I grew up like literally the founder and president of a feminist club in my high school like goth kid feminist club like I would I you know, electively would read feminist literature like in high school and college. And so it kind of made me realize that like women as victims for entertainment was not something I wanted to be involved with or profit from. Sure. And if the only jobs I could get would involve the circus of female victimization then I was like fuck this, I'm going to make... So I started writing and drawing and then that's how I got into journalism for a while. But like... Those women that are victims, they usually get to get to be saved by some sort of white guy. Yeah, and, and that's nice. I think that's the only hope that we have is <laughs> in, in, that a as, white a, guy. as a culture. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Especially you for as a woman. agreeing with me. Yeah. Because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a. I. I mean, a lot of times I have to. I'll have to ask a man which shoe goes on what foot. I'm I, just like, buddy. I get I'm it. So dumb. I understand. I get so. that question all the time. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Did you did you did you find these guys? Did they find them? They did. Yeah, a, a detective came to my house, and I had to look at a six pack of mug shots. And and is that what they refer to? <laughs> they're called a six pack. Okay. Wow, really? Yeah, that's interesting. They give you six, and they're the, they. So let's say they pull a couple of guys in. They'll put two of them are the dudes, and then they've got four in there, and they're like, which ones are they? And you're like, definitely one and four, and they're like, wah, wah. oh, Not, it's like a game show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you got it wrong. Sorry. You're, we don't care about you anymore. Your case is null and void. I won a, a, a wheelbarrow full of rice aroni as a consolation prize. Oh, so it's like you were like dealing with Mon- the Monty Hall of cops. <laughs> it was, uh, it did feel, it was, I remember like feeling like beads of sweat on my face being like, oh God, what if I pick wrong? But there were two guys that I was like, these yeah, so these guys were not wearing masks or anything. They were just like no, knocked were, out because that would be suspicious. I right if they jumped out in ski masks. Yeah, but if they just have knives, everybody drives by because it's a web series. Do people wear ski masks when they ski, or are ski masks masks only for violent assault? I think it's ninety ten. Okay. Ninety percent violent assault, ten percent like oh it's it's really coming mm-hmm. down out there, but I still want to shred. I mean, I've been to Alaska. I've never seen anyone in a ski mask. Ever. 
Were you skiing a lot in Alaska? No. Well, okay. I, mean, I don't think they wear them on streets, like, just as a, as practice. Actually, it was, like, 30-some degrees, like, 35, 40 degrees, and everyone was in short sleeves. It was balmy. Yeah. It was there. Exactly. Like, oh. Let's that talk about perspective. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the most scary. But you've never... Uh, You've never had a you've never had an issue walking around in LA. No one's ever screamed anything at you about. Um, I've had some we I've had a few weird things, but a I've got a wiener, so I feel okay. like just by that nature, I am not getting nearly as many fucking creeps. Right. Um, and then also I I think um, what's interesting I've had this conversation with other people before. I remember when I first moved here, which was fourteen years ago. Oh God. Um. Yeah, exactly. And I remember walking around. I was like, why do I feel unsettled? Like, this is, I know this is a safe area. And it took me, like, a, a few months to realize, like, oh, because there's nobody else walking. Yeah. And even though there's, like, always people driving, it just feels weird. Like, because coming from East Coast, like Boston, and even in Pittsburgh, and definitely in New York, you know, you can walk anywhere at any time of day in New York. And by and large in Boston, too. And there's always somebody on the street. Yeah. And here, if like it's very unsettling, if you're if you're accustomed to that, and then you're walking on a street, even if it's a great neighborhood, and there's nobody there, it's just like if it's dark, like it can those shadows can like sneak up on you. I know, I know. And it, without when the more witnesses you have, usually you're like, nah, I'm fine. Well, it just feels like normalized somehow. It yeah. feels like, well, that guy's here, so if something yeah. something goes down, we're both <laughs> getting fucked. Yeah. But yeah, don't walk to Larchmont on a four no, no. o'clock on it's a brutal. Wednesday. It's brutal. Just. Fuck it. Well, you know, that shoe store closed there, so I have no reason to go oh. there anymore. I know. I thought it was a good shoe store. But there's salt and straw, so. I know. Delicious mm-hmm. ice cream. Um, so what is your, what, so that was 15 years ago. Yeah. What happened a few months ago? Oh, okay. So um, I work in science and science TV, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I pitched this show to ABC for their digital arm um, Involving Orlando Jones, or like come up with a science show sure. for Orlando Jones, and I was like, got it. So I came up with this thing called Don't Kill Orlando, where he really likes stunts and like <clears throat> skydiving and doing weird stuff. So, and I explain the science behind it and what his actual probability of death would be in this situation. Just I watch that shit. Break it down, right? Sure. And explain what happens physiologically to him as he does these things. And for the most part, I do not like things that put me in grave danger I'm just like that seems fair I'm good you know what does that mean you don't like or is it walking to Larchmont clearly that's off the <laughs> table but like you're not gonna like you're not going t- to go to Cairo or you're not going to bungee jump or mostly the adrenaline sports I'll go yeah. to Cairo I'll Cairo. fuck with Cairo so it's not it's not a cult, it's not a cultural thing it's just like no. the things were like yeah something could go wrong and then I splat Right. I don't want to lose control of my bodily functions. So, uh, this episode we were uh, going up in a fighter jet, and they're like, "You went in the fighter jet?" Well, they're like, "Allie, we have an extra fighter jet. We can put you up there." And I was like, "That doesn't make Who sense." Who just has an extra fighter jet? They were like, "Let's let's get her up there." And I was like, "Well, listen, I just that sounds awesome." So they were like, "We <laughs> we have a jet for you to go up in." They had a locker with my name on it. I had to go through all of that. Did you have like a, a nickname? Did you get a nickname? Um, they didn't give me a nickname yet. Okay. No. But you have to yet. Are no. We getting to it? No, they never no. gave me a nickname. No. It was probably uh, it's probably just like a chicken shit lady. Chicken shit lady. That's yeah. not great. <laughs> it's probably CSL. But I didn't end up going into it because it didn't make narrative sense for me to go up there as well. And I was I had done so much research on the on like G forces like like. So many pilots are like ninety eight percent chance of just throwing up the entire time. Yeah, and uh, I had watched Adam Savage, uh, his MythBusters, where he's just vomiting the entire time into a bag uh-huh. and passing out. And I just was like, I don't need to be up there, and I'm terrified. And I uh, just didn't you go. Didn't go. I didn't go, but I went into the centrifuge and I did the G force training. Uh-huh. And after that, I was like, well, fuck. I wish yeah. I had done that first. Cause you gotta I, say yes. I took almost six Gs and was like. Like a boss, I was fine. And yeah, you you were just had. Now you have. I have six grand. Look at me go. Man. Look at all those G's I accumulated. I know. I know. I was. I was rich with G's. Yeah. But I didn't go, and I'm a dummy. And if I could do it again, I would. But and this sitting, was the second most scared you've been. Sitting in the centrifuge, like you know what a, the centrifuge yeah, is, yeah. right? Oh my God! If you anyone listening to this, like look up. Are we recording? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Oh boy. <laughs> um, so like look up like a G lock 
GLOC, mm-hmm. um, like G-force induced loss of consciousness. And there's uh, fighter pilots who are in the centrifuge taking like, you know, six times the force of gravity who would pass out or whatever. Some, I think some throw up, but, um, but I, so I had watched a bunch of those doing research. So I was going into it just being like, so terrified. Well, that's like also like, oh, I have a bump on my shoulder. What could it be? Oh, I'm dying. I know. It's like the worst thing to do. I, but I had, I had to research for the thing, so I had to. Yeah. But, um, so I went in and they have a camera on you and there's a whole control room full of people watching upstairs and they have you on con, like intercom and they're coaching you. And right before I went in, they were like, if you're going to throw up, there are like 10 bags tucked in the seat. Or just pull out your jumpsuit and throw up into your jumpsuit because with the centrifuge it'll go everywhere. And I was oh, like, Oh no! And then they then they seal you in this thing that's like the size of a of an Easy Boy chair, a capsule. Uh huh. A capsule. And People, you're supposed to, and the advice is just puke on yourself. Puke into your own garment. Puke into your clothing. <laughs> like it was so. There's no showers here. Just make sure you. <laughs> You don't want, we don't want to clean out the, the, the centrifuge. I don't know how they even hose that thing. It was upholstered. I don't know what they do. Oof. I don't know That's what they do. That's a terrible job. I was so terrified that I was just going to lose all kinds of fluids. I get the level of fear you're talking about because that's just like, huh, huh, just pounding. Oh, God. But like when stacked up against two crazy men in the middle of the day, so apparently they don't give a fuck. No. Come up to you with e- enormous kitchen knives. Yeah. They don't feel like that's same, not. It's yeah. Same amount of fear. Like the 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 same amount of fear. Same amount. But I like are now like but now there can't be the same amount of fear because now when you see a a, a, a centrifuge you don't feel anxiety. No, I feel like if a you, boss. I but like when you see boss. a jet now, are you like huh? Do you jump out like the a shadow of a jet? A little bit. <laughs> I can't. It's. I mean, I get where you're coming from, but also. I should have gone up. You should have gone up, but I also the thing up. with the knives is so much more terrifying. I know, I know, but it's it's your brain, your brain doesn't, doesn't process things logically. Like, why is it that you're okay? Let's say you go on a date or you have to make a toast at someone's wedding and you want to throw up. Like, you're, yeah. you're nothing's gonna fucking happen to you. Every time I get in a car, I have a way bigger probability of dying than I did in that centrifuge. Yes, but it was like, but your your brain throws off. Stress hormones in ways yeah. that don't make sense. I know. I. I mean, yes. The the way we process information or the way we process process chemically, it doesn't. Right. It doesn't make. It doesn't. There's no difference there. But we have cognitive thought. So, like in that moment with the knives, like I could, I could be a fish right now, and they yeah. just gut me. Yeah. In the centrifuge, it's like, all right. The worst thing that happens is I, I get I, a little pukey. I shit my pants and vomit on myself. In, in the centrifuge? No, I'm oh, saying okay. this is the worst this thing that can happen. Yeah, this is the worst thing. <laughs> that happens while you're on a cam, like while cameras are in your face. There's like yeah. six GoPros rigged in there, and yeah. there's a whole, like, and then have to get out of there, like. But that- that's the difference is like a funny <laughs> YouTube video versus death. I know, but if you're dead, you can't be bummed about it. Oh, well, that sounds like a, that's a bummer though. The prospect of that. Well, I mean, yeah. you can't you you can't ruminate on like remember that time I got knifed. That's like, true. You but if but if you were to completely lose control of yourself and feel horrible, like you could. I mean, how many of the things that are horrible in your life? I mean, I was thinking about this today because I got a massage, mm-hmm. and you know, you know that old adage that anxiety is um, living in the future and uh, depression is living in the past. Like what you're depressed about is usually. I actually don't know that adage, but it's a great adage. It is. Like yeah. it's, if you tend to, if you're ruminating on past things and you tend to get mired and, right. um, and then, or you're worried about what comes next. And I was in this massage and I was noticing that I was, I kept just thinking about what is going to happen tomorrow or what happened a couple of days ago or da da da. And I was like, I'm not even experiencing Remotely this at all. So it's like, at all. I'm going to make myself just feel this lady digging her elbows in and be like, okay, well. I can't do, I can't experience again the, the past and I can't yet mourn anything that's going to happen to me in the future. I can't pre-grieve anything. But I think it's funny that like so much of the horror that comes out of horrible experiences is remembering it or sure. fearing it. Like, 
you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was, I, this is a quote that I know I've said previously on this, but, um, there was a thing I used to work on the Michael J. Fox show. So subsequently he's always, I'm a big fan and he was a bit of a hero when I was sick. Cause he was, mm. it was just like, you know, just like somebody living, I don't yeah. know. And I would just, you know, back to the future and Alex B. Keaton's <laughs> come on. So in his book, he said a thing where he said like, you know, if you are always worried for and prepare yourself for the worst case scenario and it actually happens, you will have lived that terrible reality twice. Yeah. Like, why do that to yourself? Right. And there's like a, there's becomes a point of diminishing returns where like, okay, yes, to be prepared and like be cognizant of possibilities, but to like dwell on that, it's you're creating a reality and at a certain level you're manifesting your own destiny. Right. Or you're, you're experiencing that sensation. Yes. Over, like if you're like, I don't want to taste grape gum. But I'm going to think about the taste of grape gum. How much you hate it. For 10 years before someone accidentally puts them in my mouth. Like, Also, but, what scenario does somebody accidentally <laughs> put grape gum in your mouth? I work at a food show. Who, who sure, fucking knows? Like, like, open up. Let me put some weird, you know, fruit gum in your sure, mouth. Sure, sure. I, I promise it's strawberry. <laughs> um, so what have you gathered from all of these experiences? Because... Well, the the mugging, right? That's like a thing that, from a from being a kid, you know that that's a possibility. I think, generally speaking, people don't really ruminate on that and think about it much, right? And that just happened to you in an instant. Whereas the other experience was like you were thinking about it for a month leading up to it, so yeah. you had this like constant building anxiety. I was terrified, and I would. I mean, I. It's so funny. I I hadn't been on any like pharmaceuticals for anxiety like mm-hmm. <clears throat> for my life. I you know friends would give me like a Xanax like here's sure. a happy birthday here are a couple of Xanax in case you need them and I'd be like oh thanks and hang on to them in case I were. It's a great birthday gift. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I've got a long flight and I need to sleep. Right. Or also like someone died. So or someone yeah. Yeah, one of the two. <laughs> someone died on a flight. Or just getting a really chill massage. Just oh, a die on a flight. What's the worst combo? I know. Um, so what is, what have you learned from these things? Um, I think that, but it it was funny at the time leading up to that shoot, I was talking to a psychiatrist about going on something for anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know that like, you know, anxiety is, you can try to use methods of controlling it. You can meditate, you can change your life circumstances. And I'm like, I am traveling. I travel for three. I've traveled for four jobs this year, five mm-hmm. jobs, like five different shows this year. I'm always on the road. And I'm like, part of my, you know, both my parents are sick. Like I was, I had a ton of health problems this year that were weird and mystifying all this stuff. And on top of it, like I have to, I might have to go on a fighter jet for work. And I'm like, <laughs> when it comes to like, I'm trying to figure out like, why am I so anxious? It's like, right. well, like... I'm actually have to go to like learn that's, that's how to also, use an ejector seat and yeah. like one out of ten people just die when they use the ejection seat. Oof. Like the impact it's not is not great odds. The impact is twenty twenty G's when you are whooshed. That sounds like a lot of G's. I don't know how G's work, it's but that's way lot. more than the six that you took. So that's is, I get that that's a lot. Like a roller coaster, you know when you go down a dip yeah. in a roller coaster, that might be like two or three. Oh. For a brief second. Yeah. And like a, have you been in, um, I'm trying to think like a really fast car. Like if you have any, any like asshole friends that have a Tesla or something, Sure. like that's like 1.2. Okay. So the force of gravity is one G. Okay. So 20 times the force of gravity. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, um, but yeah, so I was like trying to, trying to figure out like what kind of medication do I need? And I was like, my life is ridiculous. It's just like, well, yeah, so... but do you think that's also a bit of, you have like all these other stressful things, like having sick parents is yeah. very stressful and it never leaves your, it's always, it's like always in the corner of your eye. Oh yeah. Of your mind, you know? Oh, of course. So it never leaves. Do you think like then it's able to, that stress is able to manifest itself? In like I have this thing that I can point to. Like I'm gonna have to get an oh, uh, no. a, 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 a centrifuge. Centrifuge. Yeah. So that's like this is an area where it's reasonable for stress to come out, as opposed to these other areas. I have to be calm and composed, and I can't show that stress, but it can manifest itself in this way. Fuck. Do you think that made that worse? No, that's really. You think you would have done? You would think you'd have that reaction even if everything was smiley and happy in your life? 
I think that when it comes to, yeah, like both my parents being sick, it's like my job is to be like my job is to just roll with everything day to day and not freak them out by freaking out. Right. So, yeah, there's not like my role and my my parents being sick has been like, you know, my dad's in the hospital and I come right up or, you know, I'm up there for a couple of weeks if, you know, one of them is sick and they need trees cut down and, and, you know, furniture moved and... You have to be, like, you have to take care of all the logistical things. Yeah, wood chopped and groceries and dinner made and dishes done and, like, you know, I'm I'm up there, like... I don't want to start crying. Um, but, you know, I'm up there parenting them, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm freaking... I can't freak out about that, you know? Like, the thing about... The thing about my parents is, like, they live in the woods. They live in the middle of nowhere. Oh, wow. Like... Well, that's hard to manage. It's... Right now, there's, like, four, lo- like, mudslides, and, like... Oof. It's insane. On top of everything On else? On top of everything else. But, like, it's so funny. It's, like, I go up there to help them out. Uh, they don't listen to podcasts, so I don't think I have to worry about it. But, like, they go to bed really early, and I cannot... I can't tell you how many times when I'm, like, I'm going to, you know go for a walk and we'll just literally go in the woods and just start bawling mm-hmm. and then try and come back but like I was I it was during summer it's funny because I have memories of myself in the last couple of years of like going into the woods in the snow and crying right. in the snow and coming back going in going out into the woods when the leaves are turning and crying and coming back and like it was summer the summer and I I went out for a walk started just crying and I looked over, and there was a fucking snake, <laughs> like a huge, like a three or four foot snake sitting next to me. And like, luckily, I, I could tell it wasn't venomous from its sure. the, the shape of its head. So I was like, okay, it's like, but it was a huge snake. And I just remember looking over, bawling, and being like, it's so funny that I had like no reaction to it. I was just like, oh, Got this, this seems this seems appropriate right now. I don't even give a shit about you, bro. It's just so funny. Like what else? Like well, it's also nice that your um, the <laughs> hardship and this uh, catharsis of terrible emotion is seasonal is seasonless. <laughs> Doesn't matter the season. You have all these fond memories of crying in the snow, crying in the leaves, and the foliage, ever crying when things are budding, and then with literally the, the daffodils. <clears throat> That, yeah, my dad is my dad and my mom have been married for almost fifty years, and uh, my dad did this thing a year or two ago, um, right before he got sick. I think he went across the highway and planted a bunch of, of daffodil bulbs in the shape of an N. My mom's name is Nancy. Oh, that's cute. And uh, waited till they were blooming, I think, to show her, which was really cute. That's beautiful. But um, yeah, they're gross. It's annoying. Um, <laughs> They're they're adorable. They they knew each other like a month before they got married or oh, before wow. they got engaged. Because back then it's Catholic. Sure. It's like, well, it's well, like just, if we're gonna if we're gonna yeah if we're gonna throw it in, we yeah. should take care of this. Get it done. But yeah. um, but yeah, it's weird. It's weird to turn into like I don't know. Your mom was sick. Like, did you? Mm-hmm. It's weird to have to turn into your parents' parents. No. Um. Yeah. It is. I mean, I've you know, uh, I think that's a thing that's. A little bit if you're lucky enough that your parents get old enough and if you are fortunate enough to have all your faculties and be, you know, uh, self-sufficient. Like if you get old enough, that just happens kind of naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, because my dad's healthy now and my stepmother is relatively healthy. Um, they have neuroses, but, you know, everybody does. But it's like, it's. I think like that shift has started to happen a little bit already. Yeah. Um, not in a bad way. I think it's like kind of just life stuff, but it was it was more you know disheartening with my mom, I guess, because so young. Yeah, and just you know, it, um, it's also kind of more the first experience of like that dynamic shift. Right. Um, are you dealing with that like every day now? Well, you know, my my dad has bone cancer. He got it. He got diagnosed four years ago, and he oh, was wow. like at stage four four years ago so we were like I, that's he, amazing yeah he luckily multiple myeloma they've got some new therapies my dad's um, on a drug called Revlimid 
mm-hmm. and it costs sixteen thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Just that's nice. <laughs> um, but luckily, he was in he was in the service when he was younger, so it's covered by veterans by some veterans benefits for now. But it might not be. So um, oh, so I don't know. I don't know what you know. I've like called the, I've called his congressman like on you know his Sacramento phone and his New York phone and you know left messages and you know trying to get them to to extend the certain veterans programs but um but yeah so you know but it's it's weird they don't tell us a lot like uh, sometimes we don't find out you know that something's gone down until you know it's like well I, I went up there for Christmas like last year and he hadn't been feeling well and finally having gone up there I was like well we have to you have to go to the hospital so we took him to the hospital on I think Christmas Eve and then spent Christmas in the hospital and like mm-hmm. I I walked my mom my mom can't walk well and so I walked her all around the hospital to go get her something to eat you know and walking is really difficult for her but and she won't get in a wheelchair especially in the hospital but um the cafeteria was closed by the time we got there because we walked so slow. And so I had to leave my mom and my dad at the hospital on Christmas and go to Wiener Schnitzel. It was the only thing sure. open in this town on fucking Christmas. <laughs> I got this bag of Wiener Schnitzel, like crying in the parking lot and driving it back to the hospital and being like, uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> it was so awful. Is there something... Um, <clears throat> It's so sad. So I spent a few holidays in in the hospital. I think oh, three. Are you um, serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, could you even? I mean, did were you on? Were you being fed IV? Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think on all of them. Maybe not on the first time, but I don't know. There's something about um, I don't know if you had the same experience, but somehow. They're more memorable and somehow like a little bit more. I am oddly nostalgic for it. Really? Yeah, because it was like everything was just like so much more heightened. Right. And everything was like, you know, most Christmases live long enough they they blend together a little bit. Like right. there's a couple of like landmarks of like a kid I got this thing, first Christmas with like a significant other or you know something like a new house yeah. or something like that. But like by and large they tend to blend together and these is just like such an outlier. Right. And it was just like, well this is like something I remember being like somehow beautiful even though it was like the worst. I think that's there's something about um Christmas decorations and holiday decorations in, in a hospital, hospital that are so like T V movie of the week, mm-hmm. like they're so on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> it's like such a perfect juxtaposition of like like weird joy and tragedy like well it's also like it's the most sterile environment and then like we're gonna put like a little bit of joy here right it's i don't know it's like putting like a a a ring on a rubber glove this does not match (laughs) so do you think because it's interesting i think that uh (laughs) <laughs> you you started to talk about admitted admittedly getting mugged right terrifying yeah awful yeah the G thing yeah that's scary right but like all of this was a little bit of a mask for like the really draining awful shit that is like pervasive I know I know and I can't I there's like a little bit of a misplaced um, anxiety perhaps. a little bit but also just like I have to it's draining all my energy and I deal with it all the time so I don't really want to deal with it I know I don't want to deal with like I don't want to that was that was the one thing about you know my dad getting diagnosed it was like okay well I can't like I, the first like month or two I it was as though I had already lost him you know what I mean but right. <clears throat> I was I felt like if I mourned then I would then the rest of the time he was alive would all just be peachy and I realized at some point a few weeks into that that like that wasn't tenable and all it sounds so cliche it's so cheesy to say that you just have to take things day by day and moment by moment but like all that I can handle at any given moment is what is the situation right now and what can I do about it like okay they are snowed in 
all right, let's call the neighbors. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's call snowplow companies and try and get them out. Like, okay. Like today, literally the road on the way to their house collapsed in like a crazy weird sinkhole off the side of a mountain. So it's like, okay, well, can they get to the oncology appointments? Like, you know, can we find grocery delivery? Can I fly up there? You know, so just dealing with like the practical stuff with it. And the one thing about it though, that I don't know if you experienced this with your mom, but like, I think I have been closer. I've definitely been most much um, closer to my parents since they've gotten sick. Cause I've stayed up there for right. longer periods of time. Things that you would never do otherwise. Yeah, you know, yeah. like my dad. My dad needs someone to help him cut his toenails, and it's yeah. like, okay, well, we're getting real. You know what I mean? Like, those are those are like very sweet experiences that are like hilarious and horrifying and like we're all laughing about how horrible it is yeah but you know, my parents are super funny and they're great but you know those are memories that when they're gone i'm probably going to think of the most and like right. you know making them making them dinner while they're watching tv even if i you know don't agree with their political views but yeah but that minutiae is like the really yeah i remember I think, I mean, it wasn't really, but it remember, I remember it as being, like, one of the first short stories I ever read that wasn't, like, like, I think it was, like, in maybe late middle school or something. It was, like, a proper short story, not, like, a not, kid's right, thing. like a fable or something. Yeah. And I'm sure everybody will know what this is, but I can't remember at the time, but it's just a short story about a guy shaving his elderly dad, just, uh. like, shaving him. And it was, like, this, this is, that's all it is. He goes home, he shaves his dad. It's like this very beautiful short story. It's like eight pages or something. And like at the time I was like, well, this is really nice. And also that's something I've never seen before. But like it didn't resonate. It's like, why is this like the thing that you're choosing to tell a story about? Mm -hmm. But like it's what you're talking about, like cutting those. It's the dynamic shift. And it's also like these very vulnerable moments of like cutting your dad's toenails. Like Mm -hmm. when that's not a thing that really should probably happen in life. It's not usually doesn't work that way. It doesn't. Yeah. And it's like kind of while weird and perhaps a little bit disheartening and times even a little bit gross. It's like so kind of lovely. Right. It's it's one of those. Yeah. You know, I, I think especially, you know, my dad was raised on a farm in Montana and he's a very salt of the earth guy. But I don't think, you know. The, the he's had to let himself be vulnerable in ways that you know are a different side of him you know which is which I think is nice it, it's definitely made us closer you yeah. know but it's funny because like my parents live in this beautiful place in the middle of nowhere um, and yeah, a lot of people are always like oh I love your Instagrams it's so pretty where are you going oh, I want to go with you and you're just like, like it's, no, you don't. I mean, yeah, it's beautiful. But. <laughs> it's this beautiful snowdrift, and like, because yeah. it's so easy. You just close, you know, close your eyes and point your iPhone, and it's like a, it's like, well, it's that's like, a great picture, sure. Yeah, like a calendar, uh-huh. but you know, on the other side of it, it's like, you know, toenails, <laughs> toenails, and like, you know, my mom falling down, and like, you know, it's all of the stuff that makes it really challenging. But I don't know. I think it's it's weird though. I I, I like don't want to bum anyone out that's like that's close to me mm-hmm. I try like to I, I try to not like especially with my parents and stuff I, I don't I I try to keep that shit really like I got this like you know well, yeah because they have as much as it's stressful for you it is it's happening to you but it's not happening to you right so they have enough shit on their plate they're just trying they're just staying alive right so like you don't want to heap on additionally like this is really stressful and I'm fucking drowning because like that guilt on top of like everything else they're already dealing no way yeah there's um a moment in the latest uh installment of the Rocky series in Creed okay and, uh, seen I'm sorry. It it's it's actually great. Haven't seen Ryan it. Coogler is like a is a is a talent. Okay. Um, but there's a moment. Spoiler alert! But it's in the trailer, so it's not really a spoiler alert. Um, Rocky gets sick. Rocky gets cancer. <gasps> and there's a moment in which he yeah. like kind of uh, is helping Creed train, and he like kind of falls and stumbles and vomits, and uh, <gasps> he helps him up. And the whole time he's helping him up, Michael B. Jordan helps him up. It's this like beautiful moment from Sylvester Stallone where he just keeps on saying like, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm just so sorry. And it's just like this 
in it like every time I've seen the movie three times every time it just like insta tears and like even just misty right now because it just took me back to like this sacrificing of strength and just like this recognition of like I can't help myself right now and I need you and that's just like something so it just like the only thing is like I don't I, I wish I could do this but I can't and I'm sorry yeah I need you and I'm sorry oh, and that's like a lot and like that's enough for the person going through that so yeah. you can't like keep on top of that well yeah you know you are asking a lot right now right. no I know like that's that he, like the humility that it takes like that it's just that that to me is like seeing someone go through not only that pain and the sickness but the embarrassment yeah is like you hurt for them yeah so much more yeah i mean like as much as it's like lovely that you get to help your dad but how much does he hate that he can't cut his own fucking toenails he hates it yeah yeah he he we were out he's very outdoorsy we were out planting some trees in the summer he wanted to get everything planted and we were just doing our best to help him and like he got sick and he just seemed so embarrassed but yeah the same thing happened we were trying to get him to sit down and drink water and yeah. he couldn't keep it down and it was yeah. like he's on chemo every day like but it was that thing where it's just like being so embarrassed for how for, for feeling so empathetic for someone's embarrassment and also when the embarrassment is like so not necessary yeah it's like this really weird you don't need to be embarrassed yeah and it's just this weird, like, oh, you just wish you could just go in and take away any of their, yeah. like, shame or embarrassment. Yeah, because it's, it's, like, on top of, like, you're already going through so much. Please, just don't feel. Did, I'm here. But when you were sick, did you feel that, like, did you feel embarrassed? Like, how did you want to be treated when you were going through it? Um, yeah, I felt embarrassed. And there, cause there was moments where, like, I was a young man. I was, like, 20, between 23 and 30. Um, Seven years you were sick? Yeah, it was like on and off, but yeah. Oh my god. Um, and, you know, it was like, there was times in which, like, it was things like looking back on it, like in the same way we were talking about, like the Christmas in the hospital, like there's a little bit of nostalgia for it mm-hmm. in a weird way. Um, but there was moments where, like, you know, being just ruining. I remember one time going to a, um, uh, uh, we had my ex and I had had a uh, like a wine tasting thing I forget how we got this it was like a KCRW or something it was like a radio or something like that we just ended up having this thing and it was like a nice like you go and there's like 15 people and they like pair all this different wine with chocolates and stuff and we hadn't been going out a lot because I've been sick and this was like in the afternoon it's like okay let's go to this thing and we got there and as soon as I got there I started to not feel great and I, I just was like weak in general and then I was just like intermittently in the bathroom and feeling terrible I was like in the bathroom for like 40 minutes like oh. in a small space where like everybody kept so I would like and be in there feel okay and then leave and let somebody else come and then I'd oh. get right back in there and just like you know after like 45 minutes of that Max was like let's just go and I was like no we can stay and she's like let's just go and I just like this heartbreaking moment like I really need to and I'm sorry I'm sorry that our life is not normal oh. and it's, it was just like you know so that shit sucks and you feel embarrassed for that like I, I'm sorry that I'm like bringing you down or bringing anybody else down but um, do you think you bring do you think you actually did bring her down um, or do you think you were projecting that maybe I think it was a little bit of projection but I also think yeah I mean like you're I mean you're this is you're making a choice and all my friends anybody any of my life I was making a choice to like be there and help but like you know, specifically with a partner or with, like, a kid, you know, I think, um, I'm affecting so much of your life. And it's like, I'm sorry that you're here for this. I'm sorry you have to deal with this. Like, I don't have a choice, and you have a choice. And that feels, like, embarrassing. Like, I'm sorry that you have to... That this is the option that I'm giving you. Yeah, that I'm, I'm sorry that I'm forcing your hand and I don't want to force you you don't have to be here it was like that kind of embarrassment right. like I'm sorry that I'm relegating you to any of this did you compromised think, experience did you have the same girlfriend throughout this whole mm-hmm. the whole thing um more or less yeah for seven years yeah so did you you were never in a position where you were like trying to date people but pushing them away because you felt like no because I just started getting sick and I, I started like yeah I started <laughs> we started dating like the first time the first couple of dates-ish we had they were not really dates but the first time I like really hung out was she came to visit me in the hospital oh 
Okay, so you were already in yeah, it. Yeah, it was that was the first time I went to the hospital. Oh no. Yeah. She's like, oh no, I'm like that tiki god from the Brady Bunch. That's bad luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, bad luck. Um, that because I I imagine that would be one of those things where if you are like, if you're sick or you or you feel like there's something wrong with you, you don't want to burden other people. You just yeah. make yourself incredibly emotionally unavailable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I was like very lucky that I didn't have to that I had somebody to help me throughout the entire right. thing, and I feel like we're. Even though we've had some tumultuous times, she's still, you know, one of my best friends, and I feel like we're bonded because of that. Right. Because like, we were had to overcome a lot. So like now we're subsequently there's like some sort of weird bond. I don't know. That's not the same. I've never been to war. I'm not marginalizing that, but I think if you're like in the trenches with somebody, I was gonna say, you know what I mean? That... It's like a, it's. I assume that that is akin to that in some right. degree. Um, something about a foxhole yeah foxy hole something (laughs) Um, so what do you how do you deal with this outside of like just freaking out uh, over um, fighter jets yeah fighter jets which is reasonable to some degree but not to the level not that that's the most scared I've ever been I mean yes chemically you were probably very scared you know what the worst part is 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 that my dad wanted me to go up in it so much he had gotten a chance to go into one He was really looking forward to me doing it. And I know that I, like, really disappointed him. But I'm like, <laughs> someone was saying, like, oh, you can probably get into another one. Like, you can probably arrange. Like, sometimes, especially sure if you're, you like, a, a science person, like, you can get in in. And I'm saying, yeah, i got to get up and i got to get in one you're, you're a bit while of a he's still around. You could do that. <laughs> if anyone's listening, wants to offer me. Actually, someone from... I feel like there was something tangential where someone was like, okay, I, if I have, an, I have an In with the Blue Angels or something. Who the fuck has an In with the Blue Angels? I was ju- I've was been shooting this show with um, Adam Savage, and so he oh, knows sure. every person. Sure. He's a, he's a delight, I will say. I'll just okay. put in a plug well, good for, for him. him. He's a, he knows everyone, and he's lovely. So we were talking about it because I was like, I recently started working on this, shooting this thing with him, and I'm... Um, I had watched him vomiting on Mythbusters. That's nice. And so when I started working with him a month or so ago, we were talking about that, and I told him I didn't go up, and he was yeah. like, oh. he's like, I threw up the whole time, but I would, yeah. I would have done it again. I was like, damn it. But so I don't, I think, um, I ha- I've, I recently started taking a very, very low dose of Zoloft for anxiety. Okay. Sure. I think it's helping. It's very minimal. But that feels like progressive, and that's like you putting yourself first to some degree, and also recognizing what's on your plate. I mean, I, this is this comes after years of running five miles at a time, mm-hmm. meditating, taking a billion different supplements, like trying like anything I could to abate anxiety in ways that were not pharmaceutical. I right. did not want to do it. I I don't. I mean, I have friends who are who work in neuroscience and they're like they don't they're like we don't even know how they work just kind of a little bit placebo some people you know there's like so i was really reluctant and um but i was just like the the last year was just really difficult with yeah family stuff and and fighter jets fighter jets and constantly traveling and and um i i started having health problems and i saw like eight 10 doctors and every single one of them was just like it's stress related and I was like fuck yeah. you no it's not well I mean I'm sure I'm sure there was something beyond that but I'm don't sure you think like that's like the the biggest magnifying glass to any small little thing is going to exacerbate it immediately yeah absolutely especially like you know like for me it's like endocrine system stuff and so your endocrine system is it's adrenal like mm-hmm. Uh, you know, cortisol and adrenaline have a huge effect on availability of you to make other hormones. So it's just all like, it's certainly related. But I had one doctor who was like, can you just like quit your job for a couple of years? Can you get A married? couple of years? Yeah. Can you get What can the you get fuck married? world is this guy living in? Oh, and that's the cure? <laughs> the the cure is getting married get there. Married. Hey, toots, get married and you'll feel right as rain. <laughs> right, and quit my job for a couple of years. Jesus and I was Christ. like... Immediately drop that doctor. I, I, I like my job, though, but... Um, yeah, I like... if I, I like, you know, I being curious and being fulfilled. <laughs> That is the toughest. That is a hard, one of the hardest things about being a woman. I think is um, is there's just no there's so difficult to explain 
like the angst that is created from do you want a career or do you want a family and everyone's like you can have it all and that should not be a choice you really I couldn't if I had a kid I couldn't right now I couldn't do my job I couldn't travel three weeks out of the month on different shows like I, I don't know I can't even have a dog and it's like this notion of like of having to choose between financial independence and stability and you know creating a family is just it's and also as a woman it's like you you want to use your brain to have some kind of impact on the world for sure as a person especially as a woman but yeah and it's that that pull is so it's it's so difficult like um because you really do like I, I think there maybe there are people who who pull it off and they have a lot of great resources and maybe very available family or something but it is really really difficult to mm-hmm. have a job that especially that is a little unconventional you know what I mean and yeah. it's that's the that is like the most unnerving thing as being like having to having to put those things aside because you're like no, as a as a woman, I want to go out and do things. I want to write things. I want to create things. I want to be a writer. I want to have some sort of mark on this world because everything has been in a man's voice for so long. And then, you know, you realizing like, you know, I just turned 40 and it's like, oh, I have spent, I've used all of my resources and time toward a career. And you're like, oh shit. Oh fuck. <laughs> but like, like you really have to, you I mean, I don't know. There's just all of the women I know who are are really kicking ass in what they do and love their job and have been really dedicated to the career. Like, they've all sacrificed having a family. Like, it's just it's this thing that's we're all aware of, but like yeah. no one knows what to do. So we're just like, oh well. Yeah. Like, just figure it out. Like, it's it's a weird. I don't know. It's it's a that is like. I don't know. There's something about turning a corner, though, and being 40 and being like, oh, well. like. <laughs> right. What is your advice for other people who are, like, dealing with fear in any capacity, whether it be um, largely self-created with a fighter jet or it's dealing with uh, a lot of pressure as a sick parent or instantaneous trauma like a right. mugging? Oh, God. Oh, my, my advice for fear. I think... Um, how do you manage it? I think poorly. <laughs> no. That's the answer for most people and probably for me too. You know what I think I would have done differently uh, in all of them? I In all of those situations, I think I, I wish I would have been better at, at asking for help. Sure. You know what I mean? I think that um, I, I had this thing. I was dating a guy last year long distance and, um, and I would get... I would not have a way of... I didn't want to burden him being like, I'm having a really hard day. Like, I'm having a lot of... You know, I'm crying in the woods. or I'm, I'm in a hotel room, like, eating a mozzarella stick for dinner on the 10th day of a Don't shoot. Don't blame this on Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know that happened in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, I've eaten dinner from a gas station on the road so often. I can't oh, even tell Romance. You. So many times. Um, but, like, I think I... Like, having a hard time reaching out and saying exactly, like... I'm really, like, I know that I'm in, you know, Montreal shooting, but I'm having a really, I'm really freaking out about this, my dad having a bone scan, like, reaching out for help. That way, I think I tend to not want to bother people with it, mm-hmm. and so then I just, um, and I just, it combusts internally, and I get yeah. really pissy, and, like, I, I get annoyed that I'm on the road, and I get lonely, and so I to combat loneliness I just look at Instagram and then I see all these people with like <laughs> their lives that are comfortable seem amazing right and, but you're creating that um, own narrative but oh yeah. of course yeah. but you know in spiral so I think I wish I in all of those situations I would have been better at asking for help um, well, I think it's a hard thing to do because I think on the level we assume that asking for help is a weakness when in actuality I think recognizing your own vulnerability is a strength right and recognizing when you need other people when you need other things is in actuality a strength it's not a weakness right right and hopefully and hopefully you have a support system that's not like fuck you i'm getting a tan <laughs> like, 
came oh, up with ever. That'd be a terrible support system. <laughs> Don't drop drop whoever that is. Well, <laughs> who says fuck you? I'm getting a tan. You're like hanging out with Snooky. <laughs> that's your best friend. I was trying to think of the worst person. Yeah, well, that's up there. <laughs> but I think yeah, like uh, I think if people are are actually care about you, they'll be happy to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. to to catch the ball if you have to drop it. But it's um, I I think I. I've gotten a little bit better at that about just being like just vocalizing like what's really mm-hmm. what what I'm actually feeling like and when I do need help because like, people I think are if you try to get help by acting pissy until someone asks you what's wrong like that's not the right way to get help no and then people are like Ugh, okay what do you need right right I'm just being an asshole I guess right. I'll ask right but yeah. I mean I think it's like if you are, are we're raised in in you know, an environment where you tried to be tough, like... Yeah, you want to be like a pillar of strength, and then right. asking for help is negates that. Right. When it shouldn't. Um, well, thank you, miss. Thanks for having me. I'm I really appreciate to it. You, you didn't bum... No, that's, that is the thing. I know. That's I the know. goal. We get bummed out, and then we laugh about it. Okay, good. Well, then, well, then mission, mission accomplished. Mission accomplished, yeah. <laughs> All right, next time we'll get you in a fighter jet. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. Okay. Thank you, lady. I mean, how great is she? She's delightful. It was such a cozy little conversation. She wrapped herself in an afghan. We had a nice little chat. Uh, thank you so much, Allie, for coming out and chatting with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, guys, go check out her new podcast. It's called Ologies. That's on Feral Audio coming very soon. Check that shit out. Also, you can check her on all social media platforms at Allie Ward, A-L-I-E-W-A-R-D. And that's it. Thanks so much, Ali. Also, thanks to Hayden Fongheiser for doing everything behind the scenes. Thank you to Kingdom Flying Club and, and Julia Pod for our music. And the biggest thanks, per usual, goes to you guys. There's a lot of options out in the podcast universe, and the fact that you listened to this one, I appreciate it. That's all. I love you. <laughs>